Welcome to the Discover True Treasure podcast. I'm your host, Angela. Today, we are going to continue our study of the book of Galatians by studying verses 11 through 15 of chapter 5. If you missed last week's episode, feel free to go back and listen to it. However, it is perfectly fine to listen to the episodes out of order. During last week's episode, we continue to talk about the freedom we have in Christ. And we also talked about trusting God to protect us from false teachings. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about the importance of love and how we are to use our freedom in Christ to serve one another in love. Okay, I hope you're ready to study the Word of God. Let's begin. Now, before we begin, let me just say that last week I talked about something very controversial, and that is tithing. I know that money and finances can be touchy subjects that people feel very strongly about. Now, my goal is not to be controversial or even critical. Instead, my goal is to focus on the uncompromising truth of the cross of Christ. It personally does not bother me that believers disagree on various peripheral topics, and I have no desire to try to persuade people to agree with me on topics that are not directly related to salvation. However, I truly believe that my view on tithing for us believers today who are under grace is biblical because I believe that an incorrect teaching of it frustrates the grace of Christ and causes people to put their faith in their good works. In this case, it would be giving. And I also believe that it can give people an incorrect view of God. But, and this is very important, but that being said, if you disagree with my view on tithing, I sincerely hope that that will not cause you to stop listening to the podcast because I assure you that the focus of this podcast is not to point out differences among believers or criticize believers who don't agree with me. Instead, the focus of this podcast is to study the scriptures with the desire to see Christ in them and to rejoice in the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, most likely you have no idea what I'm talking about, so feel free to check it out. But now that I've had a chance to share my heart and explain why last week's episode took a slight detour, let's dig in to this week's episode by reading the verses that we'll be studying. And I'm going to read these verses from the New Living Translation. And I may also refer to these verses in the King James Version as well throughout the study. Beginning with verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, 
why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Now that we've read these scriptures that we will be focusing on, let's start making some general observations about each verse. And here in verse 11, Paul says that if he is also preaching circumcision, as some claim he is, then why is he still being persecuted? Now, the book of Acts vividly depicts how Paul was persecuted for preaching faith in Christ alone. We can read in the book of Acts that he was beaten, he was slandered, he was stoned once to the point where he was presumed dead, and he even had to stand trial. And why did he stand trial? Because he was preaching that the way of faith has come. He was preaching that salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. Now, Paul also says in this verse that if he were indeed preaching circumcision, he would not be persecuted. And I find this statement to be very revealing of the tactic the strategy, the deception of the enemy, that he is after a mixture because he knows that it is, it is the mixture that is um, that will be perverted. It's the mixture that is perverted, but he also knows that a mixture can go undetected as false doctrine. So let me just explain. I find him saying that if he were indeed preaching circumcision, he says he would not be persecuted. And so this makes me think about how last week we read um, that it's just a little leaven that leavens the whole lump. Well, that's from the King James Version. That's the version that I, I have uh, committed to memory. But we read in the New Living Translation where it talked about uh, how a little bit of yeast can basically permeate a whole batch of dough. And so this is basically um, what I mean when I say that it only takes a little bit of law to pervert grace. Paul is basically saying here that he wouldn't be persecuted if he preached Jesus and the law. Let that sink in for a moment. It's not that he's preaching Jesus, it's that he's not preaching salvation. He's not preaching that righteousness is found in the law anymore. That's what's getting him into trouble, if you will. That's what's causing him to be persecuted. 
But Paul knows and we know that if we believe on a mixture, it defeats the whole reason why Christ would go through all of this, why Christ would die for our sins. It's not Jesus's finished work and our self-effort that makes us righteous before God. No, it's Jesus Christ alone. And so I have found this to be true today, that those who preach a mixture, not just pure condemnation and law, but a mixture of law and grace, they're usually not persecuted. It's often those who are preaching nothing but grace, pure grace, if you will, who are often persecuted and talked about and slandered and definitely misunderstood. And I just find that very, very um, interesting what Paul is saying here, because it is still the same thing today. All right. So let's move on to verse 12. Okay. So here in verse 12, look at how Paul views circumcision in this context. He says it's mutilation. He views it as mutilation. And why would he say that? I believe it is because now that the way of faith has come through Christ, circumcision is a dead work. It is something that is done out of a human attempt to be made right with God. And so when it's done in that context, it is no longer acceptable to the Lord. Now, mind you, when Abraham was circumcised and his descendants were circumcised, of course, it was acceptable in God's sight because circumcision was God's idea. God came up with circumcision, not man. But in the old covenant, they were following the terms of that covenant that God made with them. And as I've said, now that Christ has come, the purpose of the law has been fulfilled. Therefore, Paul says that he wishes that those troublemakers would mutilate themselves. Phew. <laughs> Look at Paul's zeal. <laughs> Can't you see why the Lord chose him? He does not mince words. Paul is so passionate about maintaining the truth of the gospel. He's uncompromising when it comes to maintaining the truth of the gospel. And I pray that that's the same for us. I don't want to be compromising when it comes to the truth of the gospel. That is something that even though it's not my intent to offend anyone, if they get offended, I feel like, oh, well, because I cannot and will not compromise when it comes to maintaining the truth of the gospel, which is faith in Christ and Christ alone. It's not about our obedience that earns us favor with God. Amen. Okay, let's move on to verse 13. Okay, and here in verse 13, Paul reminds the Galatians that they have been called into freedom. And isn't it something that he has repeated this truth over and over again? 
And if Paul is emphasizing this truth that those who believe on Christ are free, then I believe that this must be a very important truth that the Holy Spirit wants us to grasp. Now, remember, the enemy does not want us to enjoy our freedom in Christ. I can remember when we um, talked about in an earlier episodes how Paul was saying that when he went to uh, Jerusalem and he brought along with him some of his gospel partners, Barnabas and Titus, to talk about what he had been preaching to the Gentiles. He talked about how some false brethren had sneaked in the meeting. And he said the reason why is because they wanted to spy on our freedom that we have in Christ. The enemy does not want us to enjoy our freedom in Christ. If that is not one of the biggest takeaways from this book, that we have freedom in Christ And the enemy does not want us to enjoy that freedom. And that is why he wants us to mix law with grace so that we will find ourselves entangled again in the yoke of bondage and falling from grace. And when you mix law and grace, I'll tell you what comes along with it. Condemnation. You do not enjoy your walk with Christ when you are constantly worried about every move you make, when you're constantly afraid that you may fall out of favor with God, when you're constantly thinking, oh gosh, I did this. I just opened up a door. Now something bad is going to happen to me. That is not enjoying freedom in Christ. That's a miserable, miserable way to live. And that is not why Christ died for us. He died for us that we may have life in that more abundantly. And that life is found in the freedom that he has purchased for us with his own blood. Now, Paul states in this verse that we are not, however, to use our freedom to satisfy our sinful nature. And I actually like the way the King James Version puts it because it talks about the flesh. It calls it the flesh. But he says that we're not to use this freedom to satisfy our sinful nature. And he said, instead, we're to use our freedom to serve one another in love. Now, I actually think Paul is stating the obvious when he says that we're not to use our freedom to indulge in sin. Because I think that if you're truly saved, you know this. You know this by the Holy Spirit. You really don't need anyone to teach you. But it's as if he has to say this because there are a mixture of people he's talking to when he's talking to the Galatians. Remember, he's talking to some of those who have been tempted to um, embrace the law. And he, also maybe talking to some who are just spiritually immature and maybe they genuinely just don't understand grace. I don't know. I know Paul is the one who preached it to them, but maybe that's the case. And so it's as if he has to say this because maybe there's some who think that they should continue in sin, you know, <laughs> that grace may abound as, uh, he mentioned in Romans, uh, six, one, that, um, you know, that there are some who think that maybe we should sin because we're not under law and we're under grace. And, and Paul said to, to that nonsense, God forbid. Uh, 
so again, I, I truly believe that, you know, mature believers don't want to sin. I believe that no believer, mature or not, let me rephrase that. If you're truly saved, you don't want to sin. You don't because you have been born again. You are a new creature. Your spirit is new. You're a new creature created in Christ Jesus and you don't want to sin. Now, we may fall or we will make mistakes, but we don't want to. True believers are not looking for an excuse to sin. We're not saying, oh, thank God for this grace because now I get to sin. Oh, I can't wait to get drunk. Hallelujah. Let the grace of God abound in me. I cannot wait to indulge in in promiscuity. No. True believers, we hate sin. Even when we find ourselves entangled in it, we hate it. And I believe that true believers, we want nothing more than to glorify God by living holy lives. Um, And, you know, I have some more thoughts on that. I may talk more about uh, the truth that believers hate sin. Okay, so we, we, do, we do not want to use our freedom as an excuse. As some may say when they hear us uh, talking about grace, as they hear us expound on the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of grace, they may accuse us of having that desire that we're using grace as an excuse to sin. But true believers, we hate sin. We don't want to sin. Okay, so let's move on to verse 14. And in verse 14, Paul says that the whole law can be summed up in just one command, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Now, who gave us this new commandment? Well, Jesus did, of course. And in John 13, verse 34, in the, in the King James Version, it says, And this is Jesus speaking. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Amen. And let's keep this in mind. Think about why Jesus gave us this commandment. When you love, you're not going to sin against your neighbor. When you love, you're not going to do things that harm your neighbor. When you love, you're not going to look for excuses to indulge in sin. Amen. Okay, let's move on to verse 15. Okay, so here in verse 15, look at the result of us not loving one another. And this is powerful. The result is that we will end up biting and devouring one another. That's what we will end up doing if we're not serving one another in love. We will end up coming against each other, feuding, waging war against each other, uh, being puffed up in, in pride and competing against one another, jealous of one another, envious, selfish. Paul warns that if, 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 The believers, he said in Galatia, if they do this, if they continue biting and devouring one another, he said, watch out because you will end up destroying one another. And that is a strong, strong 
warning for us to heed. And remember uh, what I said at the beginning of this podcast, I was talking about uh, my heart and the purpose of the podcast and, and me not um, looking to just be critical, you know, for the sake of being critical, because I believe that as believers in Christ, our goal should be to live in harmony, to live in unity with one another. We shouldn't be looking at each other with an eye of criticism and always ready to tear one another down. We should be building one another up. And this is why I have become so selective in what I watch on YouTube. I used to love watching sermons on YouTube, but it has gotten to the point that I really don't enjoy watching sermons on YouTube anymore. And I think it's because there are just too many self-professed Christian YouTubers who do nothing but criticize and tear down others who profess to be Christians, who profess to have faith in Jesus Christ alone. And it just looks like these YouTubers are just biting and devouring one another. And when I see these, you know, the thumbnails, you know, of the videos in the title, and then if you dare click on it, it just, I don't see how any of that gives glory to God. I just don't think that that type of critical content is going to make anyone want to know more about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And remember, the Bible tells us not to speak evil of one another and not to judge one another. Now, of course, I'm not talking about sincerely conveying the true gospel of Jesus Christ and being uncompromising, just like Paul. I'm not talking about warning people of false teachings, um, of warning uh, people of not heeding to a false gospel, because we care about people's lives. We care about people's eternity. And that's just something we cannot compromise about. But I'm talking about these videos that are just nitpicky about everything, about everything. Uh, maybe someone had a slip up and said something uh, in in a sermon, and they'll play that sound bite, but don't play it in context. I know I mess up all the time when I talk, uh, and I could easily be taken out of context. And so I'm talking about that kind of uh, petty, um, but very damaging type content. I just don't see how that would make anyone want to know more about Jesus Christ. And so I think that Paul is, is warning us that if we don't serve one another in love, if, if we're not using our freedom to serve one another in love, then this is what we end up doing, biting and devouring one another. Uh, you know, the Bible does tell us, it says, who are we? to judge another man's servant. It says it's to God we rise or fall. And God knows how to deal with his own. And it's just not our job. It's not our job to point out uh, a brother or sister's faults, just nitpicking. Instead, let's just pray for them. And it's depending on the relationship. If you have a close relationship, you know, pray for them and you may be led to, to talk to them, of course. 
uh, and, in, and we are to encourage one another to continue because the truth is, you know, only that the day of the Lord will reveal who belongs to Jesus Christ. We are told to continue. And I think that that's something that I will get more into when we actually finish this chapter, chapter five, when we start talking about um, the fruit of the spirit versus the, the um, works of the flesh. Uh, because you can just, you can call somebody, uh, um, you can say someone's not saved because they're doing this or because they're doing that. And I don't get me wrong. I do believe that um, the power of, of the gospel will transform people's lives. But I'm talking about if you take a snapshot of someone's life, maybe what they did in a day or a week or several weeks, and you just call them out and say they're not saved. You just don't know that. The Lord will reveal who's his. And that's why we're told to continue. We have to continue. And that is telling. It's those who continue in the faith. Um, will those demonstrate the people who continue in the faith, they demonstrate that they are truly saved and they belong to Jesus Christ. But anyway, just wrapping up the observations for these verses, let me just say again, that I think that in this verse, Paul is emphasizing uh, for us to love one another. And so again, I say, let's serve one another, support one another, encourage one another, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alrighty, so let's move on to the application part of the study. And we are going to try to extract some practical truths from these verses that we can meditate on and that we can apply to our lives. And I have two takeaways from these verses. And the first is for us not to use our freedom to indulge in sinful pleasures. And I found that this is something that people who don't understand grace, they always harp on because they misunderstand the true gospel. They believe that the gospel gives people a license to sin. They don't understand that the true gospel actually frees us from the power of sin. The power of sin is broken over our lives. And if you have been saved, as I've said before, you are a new creature in Christ and you don't want to sin. I mentioned this earlier. You do not want to go back to that lifestyle. Now, of course, we all may make mistakes from time to time. And I say may, we will, we will, if we're honest with ourselves, we will think a wrong thought. We will say an inappropriate word. We may feel upset. We may hold a grudge. You, you know what I'm saying. We, we will make mistakes from time to time. And when we do, we don't like it. We don't like it. And let's just say you know of a believer, someone who has heard the gospel, believed on the gospel, and they um, they profess, you know, belief in Jesus Christ. Let's say they have been caught up, found themselves caught up in some type of sin. First of all, I found that a believer who's, who's entangled in sin, 
you may find that they are under a teaching of a mixture of law and grace. And, and when they're caught in some type of sin, they are miserable. And why do I say that they're miserable? It's because if you are under law and grace, then you are dealing with condemnation. I, I, I know this from experience. If you hear one Sunday grace, you're just rejoicing in the the grace of God and you're just, just on cloud nine. And then next Sunday you hear, you hear about condemnation. And now you're looking at your life and you're condemning yourself and you're analyzing everything and you're waiting, um, for punishment because of something you said that you shouldn't have said or something you did that you shouldn't have done. You deal with condemnation, major condemnation, if you're under a preaching of law and grace. But even still, if you're truly saved and you find yourself in such a situation, you're looking for a way out. I'm telling you, true believers, when they are entangled in sin, they are looking for a way out of that mess. And the answer out of being entangled in sin, the answer is to hear the gospel, to remind yourself if you already know the gospel, maybe you, you know the gospel. You're not under a, a mixture of law and grace. You know the gospel. Uh, maybe for some reason, um, you've, you've, you've gone away from it. You know, you are distracted or something has happened where it's not a fire lit up in you anymore. Well, the way out of sin of that mess is to hear the gospel and hear it and continue to hear the word of Christ, to continue to hear it over and over again, to remind yourself, if you already know, of what you have in Christ Jesus. Remind yourself that you are free and because you are free from sin, don't live any longer therein. Or if you're under law and grace, to get from under that mixture and embrace and receive the only true gospel and the power of the gospel will free you from that sin. So those of us who are under grace, we enjoy the freedom we have in Christ. And we know that this freedom means that we are freed from the power of sin over our lives. So we don't want to sin. We are not trying to use our freedom to indulge in sinful pleasures. So it's just a reminder of that, that we are not using our freedom as an excuse uh, to indulge in sinful pleasures. And again, I think that this is really stating the obvious to those who are truly under grace. We, we know this, we have no desire to look for ways to sin. Okay. So it's just a reminder that we may be misunderstood. Some people may believe this is what uh, we stand for, which we don't. And we should be firm in this so that we can help other people as well who um, just genuinely want to know the way out uh, if they are caught up in some type of sin. And that is something I'm actually going to talk about. I plan to talk about when we uh, tackle chapter six, the last chapter 
of this book, we're going to talk about believers who find themselves entangled in some kind of sin. Okay, so the second takeaway is also about freedom, and it is for us to remember to use our freedom to serve one another in love. You know, like I said, it's getting to the point I am not enjoying watching sermons on YouTube anymore. And the reason why is because when you click, you see all of these other videos that are just distractions. And it's to the point where I'm just going back to my podcast (laughs) Uh, because I just don't want to hear other believers just criticizing each other and tearing each other down. And like I said, Paul said in, in verse 15, he says, if you're always biting and devouring one another, he said, watch out, beware of destroying one another. And so I say, let's take heed to that warning Um, I would love to find more videos where you see believers supporting and encouraging one another and encouraging someone else's ministry. And I'm sure those kind of videos, they exist. I just haven't seen them. I know they're out there. Um, maybe the algorithm isn't bringing those up. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but I personally don't think that it's my place to, uh, peer into another believer's life and see uh, if I can conjure up everything that I disagree with or that I just don't like. I am not purposely looking to disagree with anyone. And so if you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, then I say, you're my sister, you're my brother. And I say, we are family and we're family forever. So Let's find ways to serve one another in love. And you know, when it comes to social media, we could always leave a positive comment. We could always pray for someone, uh, even if it's someone we disagree with. (laughs) We can support ministries with our finances um, that have been a blessing to us. And again, if we disagree with someone, if there's an aspect of someone's ministry and you find that you believe the Holy Spirit has weighed uh, a false teaching or just weighed something heavily on your heart, then pray about it. Pray for them. But I don't see the point of putting that person or putting that pastor or that church or that ministry on blast, (laughs) as they say, by just calling them out by name on social media. I don't necessarily... You may disagree with me. I don't necessarily see the purpose of that. I think we need to remember that the world is watching. And I think sometimes they just marvel at the way we eat our own. Um, But again, does that mean that we don't ever point out things that are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. I mean, look at Paul. He made it a priority to preserve the integrity of the true gospel. Um, But I guess what I'm saying is that I believe the Holy Spirit will um, allow us to discern when someone is addressing something in love versus someone who's just being critical and mean-spirited. I believe we'll know the difference. So again, Getting back to the gist of the takeaway, the takeaway is for us to use our freedom to serve one another in love. 
That is what Jesus commanded us to do. And when we do that, I believe we will get the world's attention and the Lord will use um, that, the love that they see that we have for one another, the Lord will use that um, as one of the ways to draw people um, to Christ. Amen. Alrighty, so this week's meditation scripture will be Galatians 5.14. And let me read that from the New Living Translation. And it says, the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this scripture reminds me that loving one another is a commandment of Jesus Christ. So it's not optional. We don't get to opt out of loving people because we disagree with them. You know, let me say that there is a preacher that uh, I really enjoy listening to, and he preaches grace. And now he does not share my view, which I think is biblical on tithing. Uh, And you guys already know, if you listened to last week's episode, um, my perspective on that issue. But nevertheless, I consider him my my brother in Christ, and I love him dearly. And I know that many, many people have been blessed by his ministry. And so even though I may not agree with him on this issue, and I think it's a serious issue, I really do. I will continue to pray for him uh, regarding that issue. And, um, you know, I'm thinking of another pastor who's um, in my, my area close to me, about an hour and 15 minutes away. So it's actually in another state, but it's not far from me. Um, have been listening to him for years. And I just, I just love him. He's like my brother in the Lord. I have been listening to him. I want to say decades. Don't want to age myself. (laughs) Um, but, but it's true. I've been listening to him for a long time and he also, um, shares a view on tithing that I disagree with. And it, it just, um, something that weighs heavy on my heart, but he preaches grace and he has been a blessing to so many people throughout the years and has remained faithful. Um, so this, this meditation scripture reminds me, uh, to love, to love one another. And, you know, sometimes we have blind spots where we just don't have a clear understanding on different issues. And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter uh, how much wisdom God has blessed you with and insight in other matters. It just may be where, you know, as believers, we just don't see, we, we just don't see every single issue clearly. Um, and so doesn't mean that we're to be mean spirited and we are to criticize and we're to take it upon ourselves to persuade these people that's up to the Holy spirit. So this scripture just reminds me, um, to love. And now let me just say, and this is really important that I say this, we love because Christ first loved us. This is not a commandment that we can fulfill in our own human efforts. This is not a work of the flesh. 
at all. Instead, to fulfill this commandment, we rest in Christ and we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And we remember that because God is love, because the nature of God lives inside of us, we can be confident that we can fulfill this commandment as long as we are we allow the Holy Spirit to, to lead us. Because as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he will produce, he will produce the fruit of love in our lives. And we will indeed love one another. Amen. Okay, so let's end this Bible study with prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ to serve one another in love. Father, we know we have this freedom because of the love that you demonstrated when you sent Jesus to die for our sins and because of the love that Jesus displayed for us on the cross. Therefore, we love because you first loved us. And we know that if we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will have no choice but to walk in love towards one another because we know that it's only the Holy Spirit who can produce the fruit of love in our lives. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you that we have no desire to use our freedom to practice sin. Instead, we desire to use our freedom to love one another and to rejoice with one another uh, in our Lord Jesus Christ, to rejoice in the truths that we are your children, to rejoice knowing that we are accepted by you and that we are pleasing in your sight forever. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you were blessed by today's Bible study. Please join me next week as we will continue our study of the book of Galatians by studying verses 16 through 26 of chapter 5. If you have a prayer request, comment, or question, please leave me a message. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share it with others. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.